I made a promise to myself after breast cancer. I had gone through five different surgeries and it was kind of like, if you don't do it now, look what you just went through. Like you just got a second lease on life. If you're not going to take all the chances now, kind of what's the point? And so I started uh, the year of 2022 and I just made a commitment to myself that I would follow all those internal nudges. And I'm grateful that I do have such a strong intuition and I've always known it, but I've also known when I haven't followed it, right? You kind of just, you have this awareness. So it really deepened this connection with myself as well as this awareness piece. And I literally was running on the treadmill one day and it was like, you need to do a TED talk. That was my download as in like the thought that popped into my head for people that are new to that term. And I literally remember saying out loud and looking up like while I'm running, like, what? You really, you want me to do a TED talk? I'm not doing a TED talk. Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast, where we share new and different ways to practice gratitude that you might not have thought of before. Our guests come from many different and diverse backgrounds, and the one thing they all have in common is a passion for gratitude. I'm Julie Boye, a gratitude and gut health expert, and I love showing you different ways to practice gratitude that you might not have thought of before. Hello, my friends. I'm so grateful that you're here for this podcast episode with my guest, Janine Charon. It's a fantastic exploration of all the ways that we can be grateful when faced with so many life's challenges. Janine is an inspirational speaker and writer, and she's the creator of The Tiger Method, We will talk about Janine's story as a Division I NCAA hockey player and her recent TEDx talk experience. I also love how Janine took her breast cancer diagnosis at age 38 and completely transformed her life in a good way following that diagnosis. There's a lot of wonderful inspiration in this talk, but also ways to incorporate gratitude into your life. If you or someone you know is a former athlete, this is a podcast you'll want to listen to. That is who Janine connects with, being a former high-level professional athlete and what comes after that. Before we get into this podcast episode, I want to invite you to check out the Sunrise Gratitude Meditation that I created for you. It's a couple of episodes back on the podcast, and I've also got it on YouTube. So whichever way is easier for you to use and download, you can do that. I'll put the links directly in the show notes, or like I said, you can skip back a couple episodes on the podcast and listen in. What's super cool is that I added my own original recording of the surf at my favorite beach at sunrise for you underneath my words. Let me know if you're enjoying this type of content and I will continue to create more meditations for you to download and listen to. With that, let's dive right in to this wonderful interview with Janine Sherrill. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and today I'm welcoming Janine Sharon to the podcast. Hello, my friend. Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm so, so excited. So this is super fun. I don't normally do this, but Janine and I literally just met 20 minutes ago. I usually do you know, the introduction call earlier, but when I saw Janine and met her through this group that we're both a part of, this authorpreneur group... I noticed right away this beautiful energy she had around gratitude. And I said, 
I want to invite you to be on the podcast. And Janine, without really knowing anything about the podcast, also said yes. So that's amazing. For those who haven't met Janine yet, she is an inspirational speaker and writer. She's the creator of the Tiger Method, which stands for Together in Grace, Everything Rises. She was a Division I NCAA hockey player at the University of New Hampshire and then also played in the National Women's Hockey League. She will share her incredible journey from going from the top of her game to life throwing her an incredible amount of challenges and difficulties back to back to back. And I'll let her share that story. But most recently, what really excited me about connecting with Janine is that she just recently was asked to speak at a TEDx at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. And her topic is life after sports just keeps showing up. So I feel like you're going to share lots of great bits and parts of your story with us today. So Janine, just, yeah, introduce yourselves to our listeners. All righty. Well, hello, everyone. I'm grateful to be here. Thank you, Julie, for having me. Um, yeah, I mean, do you want me to tell my where my, a little bit of my background? So um, basically, you know, and I, I remember actually a part of my story is I, I remember growing up, right, we're given a million pieces of advice and we, and we never really know what's going to stick. And, and uh, one day I remember making the bed with my mom and we were doing some laundry. And uh, she said, don't be afraid to take risks, Janine. I never took enough risks. And little did she know that that piece of advice was going to stick with me forever. I mean, in the years that followed, I received a full athletic scholarship to the University of New Hampshire, um, was assistant captain of their NCAA ice hockey team, made the dean's list, and uh, graduated with a Bachelor of Science degree in business marketing. And then from there, went on to backpack around Europe, uh, run two half marathons, a full marathon, a sprint triathlon. And then I lost uh, 30 pounds in eight weeks to compete in a bodybuilding figure competition where I took first place. And um, you would think everything was going well and I had things figured out and life was just about to uh, fall into place for me. But just like the direction of a hockey game can change in an instant, so did my life. And the next decade was divorce, bankruptcy, and breast cancer. So um, you can imagine what kind of headspace that would that would be right for that decade. Yeah, like I said, there's a lot of bits of your story, and it uh, it does moves it moves fast like a hockey game for sure. I <laughs> do have a quick question for you because. You know, we're we're both of a generation where women's hockey wasn't definitely wasn't celebrated, wasn't very common, and it was really hard for women to get opportunities to play hockey at the level that you did. So, how did that sort of come about for you to even have the opportunity to get to that high level in hockey? Uh, I would have to thank my dad for that one. He was really, I was a ringette player, actually. I didn't switch over to hockey till probably 14 or 15. And I was actually put in a camp with boys that I think were like eight or nine years old. I remember sitting in the locker room with all the trainers because I was mortified that my dad put me with this group, but I wasn't of any skill level to be playing with the kids my age at that time. Um, yeah, I remember going to that hockey camp and that day coming back home and was like, I never want to play ringette again. I want to play hockey. And then he sent out film to a bunch of different universities and, and I was getting offers and letters to um, go on some recruiting trips, you know, talking to Princeton, Harvard, Yale. I went on a recruiting trip to St. Lawrence University and then New Hampshire. I went on a recruiting trip and I remember coming back on that flight and was like, that's where I'm going to university. I just had such a great time and I had a, 
one of the older players was from Ottawa. Her name was Michelle Thornton. She really inspired me watching her hockey and soccer career. Um, so I was very lucky to have my four years and my experience there. And uh, what a great experience it was. Yeah. And I just want to note too, that, you know, it's because of players like you that more Canadian women have opportunities to play hockey. And I feel like there's this theme in your life of like trying things, like you said, taking risks, going for it, training for the marathon, then the sprint triathlon and the body competition and all these things, incredibly how so much of this was based around your physical body and your physical abilities. So do you remember what happened, how you felt when you got that first diagnosis of breast cancer? Because as I recall, you were only 38 years old. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, what's funny. I wasn't really phased. I should say I wasn't phased. I was probably more in shock, but I really went to this game on attitude when it happened in the moment. Um, I was, I've already had already gone through some tough times with divorce and bankruptcy and both, both events that I don't wish upon anyone that challenge you mentally, um, emotionally, right. Spiritually. Uh, and then the diagnosis with breast cancer, it's funny. I remember walking to the mailbox and I actually looked up and thanked my grandpa who, who's the, he's kind of like my guardian angel. He's the one that called me tiger. And I thanked them for breast cancer. Cause I felt like it was going to be the I knew I was going to beat it. I just, I don't, I had no information at this time, but I just had this resounding feeling, you know, you're going to get through this, but it's going to be the thing, the inciting moment in your life that's going to crack you wide open to start really sharing your message with the world. And um, it did because it was the first sports that carried me through life. And it couldn't use the same method of healing when it came to breast cancer. And that's when meditation and walking became my alliances. And then that deeper connection within really broke open this whole new world of of what I'm doing now with the, uh, I'd always been doing some public speaking, but I mean, even landing a TED stage, that was not on my radar at all. I literally started 2022. I made a promise to myself after breast cancer, I had gone through five different surgeries and it was kind of like, if you don't do it now, look what you just went through. Like you just got a second lease on life. If you're not going to take all the chances now, kind of what's the point. And so I started uh, the year of 2022. And I just made a commitment to myself that I would follow all those internal nudges. And I'm grateful that I do have such a strong intuition and I've always known it, but I've also known when I haven't followed it, right? You kind of just, you have this awareness. So it really deepened this connection with myself as well as this awareness piece. And I literally was running on the treadmill one day and it was like, you need to do a Ted talk. That was my download as in like the thought that popped into my head for people that are new to that term. And I literally remember saying out loud and looking up like while I'm running, like, what? You really, you want me to do a TED talk? I'm not doing a TED talk. Um, but I made a promise that I made it, I wrote it in my journal. I will follow whatever internal nudges come my way. And it led me to the Big Talk Academy in New York City, where I got certified as a speaker. And I actually was asked to open their virtual showcase, where it was a class of 32 students from all over the world, already published authors, already paid speakers. And then there was like me with my big energy and passion, and this is what I want to do. And, and I ended up opening up the showcase. And then from there, I started applying to TED stages and then landing TEDx Queen. So uh, yeah, it was just, I, I'm so grateful for that ability to listen to that internal nudge. And that's, that's where it kind of took me. So breast cancer never, 
it's a very scary thing to have. And I ended up having three tumors in my left breast where I did um, a bilateral mastectomy, which you had to do separately because of COVID. So literally they took my left breast in June 18th and then my right in August 22nd. And then March of 2021, we did some reconstruction. And then in the summer of 2022, um, I had... Some, another reconstruction. And then I also did what's called a salpingo ophorectomy and a hysterectomy because they had concern of ovarian cancer because I'm a BRCA2 genetic um, mutation. Um, so with three kids in the house, you know, not wanting to chance another diagnosis, I just said, you know, remove it. But the hot flashes are not fun <laughs> at all. Um, not laughing, but I know. I actually, it's funny. I, I just, I'll tell you my story in a second. I don't want to, and I want you to finish yours, but you know, you have this incredible ability that I think is really special to take what would take down most people. And this intuition, this following your heart, this listening to the messages, like you said, from your grandfather, it is an incredible gift that I, yeah, I just, I just needed a moment to breathe after your story because it's a lot and I see you today and I, I feel your energy of this genuine gratitude for life and for all the, all this stuff. And one of the things I teach often through my gratitude work is like, it's easy to be grateful when things are going well. It's the, how are we grateful when things are not going our way? And I, I just want to, just to, why I laughed when you said about the hot flashes, because I had a full hysterectomy, everything in the summer of 2021 as well. So we can talk about that situation. <laughs> I know as you're saying it, I'm getting hot right now. Right. It's like <laughs> just talking about it. We got to lose some layers. Thankfully we're I not, know. we're not sharing the video, so it's all good. But, um, but I feel you. And it's also that, um, you know, it's interesting, just a little side note is that as a woman to not actually have gone through perimenopause to go from having a cycle and to menopause immediately. I think there's like, a, I don't know about you, but there's a total lack of acknowledgement that that is, it's jarring, mm. right? You just like, you have a cycle and then you go, and then there's no like support or care around the mental health piece about just like missing this whole important transition of your life. It's like one day you're this and then the next day you're that. So yeah. And you can't do hormone therapy because of the cancer medication. So the tamoxifen wouldn't allow me to, um, be on hormone therapy. So you're really, I really had to focus on my meditation, my body, drinking water, you know, eating, I find carbs or sugar really, my hot flashes are crazy. Like any caffeine, alcohol, um, anything carbohydrate or that spikes your insulin, uh, where I find, um, a more higher protein diet really helps manage my hot flashes. But again, I'm human. I'm going to eat the piece of pizza or have a glass of wine with my friends or eat, drink the coffee who need, who doesn't need coffee, you know? So, um, <laughs> I try to have that balance, but, uh, yeah, it's definitely, it, it has been, it has been a lot and you, you've got kids and you've got to show up for, you know, you got to wear your mom hat and you want to be, um, strong for them. There, but there have been some days where obviously you're, it hit me after everything happened. Like it really, um, I just have so much of that, like game on athlete attitude just comes out when I get a something in the face. It's like, all right, what are we going to do? How are we going to solve this? Um, so yeah, it's been quite the, quite the journey. Grateful for it all though, because I wouldn't have the learnings and lessons that I do and, and the opportunities that I've had without it all. And, 
every relationship that didn't work or every conversation or crucial conversation that, you know, um, I'm just grateful that I always had the, the know what, what's the word I'm looking for? The know with all wherewithal, wherewithal to, you know, that I need to have this conversation to set me free, or I need to go where there's resistance. Cause that's going to make me a better person and make me grow. Um, yeah, I've been very grateful for that. Ooh, I love what you just said there. I need to have this conversation to set me free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And that's where journaling has really been a huge game changer. Um, anyone listening to this, I mean, writing is your deepest form of thought. So uh, if you're feeling stuck, a lot of times we do all the busy work, right? And and then we've got these, we've got 70,000 thoughts a day that go through our head. So if we're not channeling those thoughts somewhere and journaling is one of the deepest forms to do that, um, it really deepens your connection to yourself. And that affects how you show up in the world to your, for yourself and for your family, your friends, your community, your work, your career, everything. So um, it really cracked my tiger method wide open in a whole other um, way that I even knew possible for myself and for what it is that I want to bring to the world. Yeah, I wanted to ask you. So um, you mentioned briefly that Tiger was the nickname that your grandfather called you and you've got this acronym with the Tiger Method. So can you explain to us what that is? Yeah. So the Tiger Method um, is an athlete's guide to self-mastery, transitioning to life after sports, and the focus is on developing self-leadership and uh, being gracefully human. Now, it started in 2010. I was driving. I used to live in Austin, Texas, and I got a call from my dad, it was around 7am. I was coming home from the gym and my grandfather had passed and I actually sat in a coffee shop and that's where the tiger method revealed itself to me. It was like the gift that my grandpa left me. Um, and I really put it into action in Texas and I started talking at, you know, I talked to, uh, San Antonio, one of the universities, I worked with the Longhorns, um, one of their baseball teams. And then I was speaking at businesses and it really took on a life of its own. It just, I was working for Lululemon at the time and it, it just took off and I was doing all the school coaching. And then I went through a so it kind of went on, then it would go on the back burner a bit, but I opened up Inside Out Studio Bar in, in Ottawa. So it's kind of neat though. It's always shown its side in everything that I've done. Like we called Inside Out because I do believe transformation is an inside job and and uh, it's not about, you can be physically fit, but if we don't have that other side, right? So it's kind of come and gone throughout the years, but after breast cancer was when I was like, okay, we're doing this. This is like a second rebirth of the tiger method. And, and, um, just the transition piece for athletes is really tough because your identity is so wrapped in your athletic accomplishments. And after breast cancer, I couldn't muscle my way through this one. And that's when I really had to do that work even more so than I ever have before. Cause I was able to almost mask getting through things by the external validation I received from my, from my athletic, um, accomplishments. And I really realized it was such a blessing and I'm grateful for all that I've done, but it kind of masks the healing part of a lot of what I went through because I could just, I was just strong enough to go on for that next goal. But there comes a time where you don't have the energy or the athletic ability anymore to do that. And so the gift was meditation, walking and journaling and deepening that connection to myself, which has just made this program so much better. And actually bit my ability to bring it to the world in a meaningful, impactful way that's easy to digest and understand and people apply into their lives. So yeah, I'm excited about where it is right now, for sure. Tell me more about the journaling part. Speaking of as a person who journals and does gratitude journaling, is it specifically a type of journaling? Is it gratitude journaling? Like, How does that fit into maybe your work, but also maybe your own personal life? Yeah, for sure. So um, I, I tell everybody, like, play with what works for you. But what I found to be the most powerful is 
journal, meditate, then journal. So, uh, cause usually what happens is when I started to meditate, if you're depending on what you're going through in your life, your brain is just full of so many things. I like first thing in the morning, I literally would just start like some mornings I was up at like, I would wake, start waking up at like three 33 or like four 44. It was just, I've seen all these numbers popping around me too. So your awareness of like kind of the support of the universe has been a blessing to me as well. Um, and at first I started just meditating and then writing, but then I had heard on a Gabby Bernstein training, how she talks about raging on the page. And she's like, rage on the page first and then do your meditation. And I was like, so I tried it. And I really enjoy that because it kind of gets out all the gunk first, you know, you're getting everything off your chest and then you're in a more clear space to meditate. And then after I meditate, I would journal about kind of what came up for me in my meditation. So, um, it's very personal. Yeah. You know, if I'm, if I'm working with people that are starting to just start out, it's like, okay, who do you not want to be? Let's start writing about that because we can't define who we want to be if we can't get clear on who we don't want to be or the the habits and rituals that were, that are not serving us that we're doing in our day to day. Right. So it's giving that. So I would write about where, where are you resisting the most? I talk a lot about that in my trainings. Um, because that's usually where people need to go and fear is coming up for them. And, and they know we all, for the most part, we know what we need to do. We're just avoiding it because our brains are wired that way. Right. Um, so I would, I like writing about resistance, but also whatever's coming up for you. Maybe you just want to bitch about your husband that day or your boyfriend or, <laughs> you know, um, and it's something that you just need to get out. Cause I remember when I was going through my divorce, a friend, um, had shared some information with me and she had gone to, I don't know if it was a psychologist or whatnot, but he had told her, think of your life. If you're looking at a garage, this is your brain. You got, and you go, you're going to clean up the garage. Well, we got to pull everything out of the garage, right? And what happens when you start pulling everything out of the garage or the cupboard or whatever? There's way more in there than you anticipated. But then you get to pick and choose what stays and what goes, right? So the journaling for people is the same thing. You're going to get it. Like I have journals. I covered journals front to back this last few years. And I've always kind of been a writer starting and stopping, but I really started to nurture and cultivate that, that art form of writing daily. Um, and it's amazing how much more clear you get on your messaging, your delivering, what you know you need to be doing. It kind of doesn't allow you to go backwards. Once you get it on the page and you've been writing and writing, it's like you have so much more awareness. But for anyone, just write five minutes if, if that's all you do and just whatever comes up for you. Just write. You just got to start getting out. But what happens is when people start this practice, they end up writing way longer than five more minutes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I do a practice called Morning Pages uh, from Julia Cameron, The Artist's Way. I started this summer because I did the program, um, you know, a self-study 12-week program, and I started doing Morning Pages. I also write other times gratitude journal. And, you know, sometimes if I don't know what to write, I will just start writing, I am grateful for. And that helps me, like, sometimes I just don't know what to say. So I'll just write, I am grateful for. I just, like, look around the room where I am and just start writing about things that I'm grateful for, that I have a bed that I slept in and it's warm and I have blankets and my house is heated and my cat is, you know, being a <laughs> jerk beside me, but you know, I still love him. <laughs> right. So all these things. And I find that, uh, sometimes that if people are stuck with journaling, sometimes bringing in the gratitude part of the journaling can just help them go to the next level or be unblocked or just open a door. And sometimes yeah, it shifts you can be, their focus. Sorry to cut you off. No, no. It's, I was saying right. it shifts your focus, right? When you focus on gratitude. Yeah. And speaking of shifting your focus and focusing on gratitude, 
you know, as I mentioned, one of the things that I really like to teach people is how gratitude gets you through the most difficult times. And you recently had another, like, I don't know, challenge dropped in front of you. You mentioned just before we started that you had recently lost your full-time job. So, but yet here you are. And like, (laughs) I just love how you told me that story and then told me about the gratitude. So if you could just kind of share that with um, the audience, because it really struck me how you. Yeah. Well, I thought about the gratitude came from the gift of time. Like it was right before Christmas. I've got three children. Um, and my TEDx was February 6th. So I hadn't even written my TEDx talk yet. I had started it. I had my ideas. But so I was like, you know what? I felt like there was a higher power at play here. And it was like now because when to land a TEDx stage, people don't realize on the TEDx website, they have 37, 37.5 million followers. So if you have an idea we're spreading and you're able, and this is where my athletic brain comes in. Like I know the work that you need to put into fitness, writing and speaking it's the same type of thing. It's really like, it's almost more so because you're so emotionally drained and you want to be, um, you owe the audience your best, right? So I was just grateful to have the time to sit down to write while the kids were at school and and really enjoy the holidays with my family, um, not being stressed about trying to do a 40-hour week job. Uh, and then, yeah. So, and you know, it's really funny. I had a job offer in January before TEDx and it just fell through last week. They said they thought I was overqualified. <laughs> so I really think I'm like, okay, the universe is trying to tell me, Janine, you're like, you don't need the job anymore. Just burn the boats and take the island. Um, and I actually was th- thinking about this this morning um, because I do have a master, a mastermind that I've put together a 12 week for athletes. And it's kind of, we're just so conditioned as a society to have that security blanket. And I know all this, but it's like, I have three kids a mortgage and everything. And we've got all these things that we need to pay. Right. And the kids, I want to make sure they have sports. And my daughter does horseback riding. We were talking about that. And, you know, the kids are in in hockey and then spring stuff is coming up and it's, it's a lot, man. And mortgages have just gone up. Um, But I always know there's a bigger reason and there's a bigger hand at play. And for that, I'm grateful. It doesn't help the daily stress. So that's where the journaling can help in the meantime. But um, yeah, it's not, uh, it wasn't a pleasant experience, but I just always look for the positive because I mean, and what what else are you going to do? Well, what else are you going to, I think what's important about what I hear in your messages, it's that you didn't ignore the bad thing. It wasn't that it wasn't hard for you. It's that you're able to take your perspective and look for things to be grateful for okay, I lost my job, but it's the holidays. I get to be with my kids. I get to be there for my family. And, you know, what's really interesting is that, you know, you're a mom of three kids that are active and in sports and you had a full-time job. And, but now I imagine it's not like you're, you have all this actually free time because being a parent of three kids that have activities and sports and all these things like that in itself is already, it's a full-time job. So, I'm excited. And I see this, I feel the energy of your path feels really like aligned and good in the way that you're going to serve athletes. You know, bringing back to something you said is like when you're an athlete and your whole career is around whether you can play or not. And that career may only last a short time. Many careers, of course, as you know, and an injury or they still have an expiry date. So then what do you do? Right. And so well, you see it all the time with professional yeah. athletes that retire yeah. and then go back. I mean, it's an, it's a whole identity issue. Yeah. So it's, um, or sometimes unforeseen circumstances happen that force them to hang up the Jersey. Uh, it really is. It's, it's a very tough headspace for a lot 
of athletes. I saw it with my ex-husband who was a football player as well. Like that transition is, it's not easy. I've seen it through for a lot of people. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm grateful for the experiences, all of it, but, uh, it's definitely a transition for sure. Yeah. And it's great that you're a leader in that space and that you're bringing that forward. And I, I'm excited. I'm excited for what's coming. I know you're working on your book right now. You said you've got a mastermind. So, um, where is the best place for people that want to learn more about you and, and find out all these things that you've got going on? Yeah, for sure. Well, my website's out janinecharon.com. So just my first last name.com. Um, a lot of information is there, but you can follow me on uh, Facebook or Instagram. Um, Instagram is tiger method Janine. And then uh, Facebook is under Janine Charon. You can't miss me. There's a tiger beside my picture in my cover photo. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, janinecharon.com is probably the easiest for people to remember. Awesome. We'll make sure all the relevant links are in the show notes. Now, as we're wrapping things up, I would love it if you would share, you know, one of your gratitude practices or one of the ways that gratitude shows up in your life with our listeners. It's a daily practice. It's every day. And some days it's a lot harder than others um, just because you're human. So that's why I always say, you know, give yourself grace. Um, if you are navigating a storm, and your next season, that's where I recommend the season of silence, right? Then that's, that's where the gift of, uh, journaling and meditation where I really, after breast cancer, I deepen that self. So a lot of times I find it's easy to be grateful when things are going well, but when things are not going your well, your way, um, really resort to the journal journaling and, uh, meditation, and you will receive so many gifts there. I, I promise you just be open to it. And if you have a crazy wild brain like me, I started with five minute guided meditations before I could get to like 70 minutes sitting quietly on my own. So it does take time to work up to it. Um, but uh, just give yourself some grace because why together in grace, everything rises. Yeah. Just before I end, I want to just touch on, you just said you can spend up to 70, seven zero minutes in silence. Yeah, I've done my longest meditation has been 70 minutes and it seems really quick. When you're in, this is the, right. the magic okay. with meditation is doing it daily. It's right. Because it's like anything. If you do it once a week, it's going to feel like the first time every time, but okay. a little bit each day. And again, I started 2022 just do, get, promising myself that I would meditate and write daily. And then the whole world just opened up to me in terms of the Brig Talk Academy with Trisha Brooke and then doing the virtual showcase, opening as her speaker and then landing a TEDx. So it's just the world. And then finding Hay House and the authorpreneur community that we're a part of. Um, that's why I always say in my send-offs with my email uh, newsletters, I always say, stay curious and keep listening. Because if you're curious, you've got that right mindset. And if you're constantly listening to those internal nudges, magic will show up for you in your life. And you do know you have everything that you need. You just need to keep showing up. Well, I'll tell you this, I'll be signing up for your newsletter because I adore your energy and I I'm here for your journey. I'm following along. I'm invested in how you're doing and what you're doing. And what I love so, so much too, is this community that we're in. Uh, even though there's one winner, maybe two, but it doesn't matter that the support and the encouragement is really, really, really incredible. And that says something about the kind of people that were attracted to work in this community. And so thank you. Thank you for yeah. saying yes. Thank you for sharing your story, your beautiful words with our audience today. I am just so grateful for you, Janine, and just want to say thanks. Thank you for having me. Thanks for sticking around till the end of the podcast. I appreciate you. 
If you're not already following us on your favorite app, make sure you click on the check or follow podcast so you'll be alerted every time there's a new podcast episode. If you enjoyed the episode and want to help us grow, here's some easy things that you can do. You can leave a review on your favorite app. You can share this podcast with a friend and send it directly. And you can also share through social media. Feel free to tag me on any posts in your stories and I'll repost. Thank you to Paul Tedeschini for doing the post-production audio for the podcast. And one last thing, I hope you're choosing to wake up with gratitude every single day.